Raunchy Power Hour, a book club for discussing romance from the erotic to the erroneous. As always, this is an explicit podcast and contains strong language, adult themes, and sexual content. If you are sensitive to these things, we urge you calmly but sincerely to turn off your radio now. This month, we are reading Erotic Encounters with the Mothman by Gwendolyn Rose. This is the entirety of the Mothman. It will contain spoilers of the entire book. All 70-something pages. It's 50. <laughs> oh, is it 50? <laughs> it's 50 53 pages. pages. <laughs> Excellent. If you want to read along with us, stop listening now. It's okay. We'll wait for you to come back. This book contains themes of possibly bestiality and possibly a hostage situation. That's up for debate. You have been warned. I'm your producer, Ashlyn. I'm your birthday girl, Sydney. Yep, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) This this episode is part two of our birthday posts. Now get ready to get raunchy. Happy birthday, my love. Oh, and happy birthday to you. I have a question for you. I'm so excited and scared. (laughs) Actually, that's a lie. I have 16 questions for you. Are you ready? What? What? Are you ready? I'll try. They're really short. They're really short. We can fly through these. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. Now, the stipulation with this game is that I need you to answer as honestly and as truthfully as your naked soul will bear. I need to okay. know the depths of who you are and who you will possibly be in your future. Do you understand the assignment? I accept. The mission has begun. Do you prefer morning, afternoon, or night? Uh, night. Which element are you? Like water, fire, or air? or fu- Like oh. Avatar. <laughs> Okay. Um, well, I always, I always vibed with the water tribe, so I'll say water. How do your friends describe you? I'm going to read a list of adjectives. You tell me how I would describe you. Misunderstood. Unique. Mysterious. Cool. Kind. Selfless. Cold slash distant. Creative or innocent? <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a couple in there, so I can only choose one. You can actually choose multiple. Okay, cool. Um, I'll do probably kind and creative, I would assume. Ashlyn, stop it. Unique? Uh, I'm not dark and mysterious. <laughs> I'm afraid not. Uh, I'm afraid not. Um, I'm not really cold either. Is this there is the any skin other of a killer? I must say, is there anything else on there that I missed? Um, I would say you're pretty selfless. Oh, oh, that's sweet. Good. Sure. Yeah. Does that sound good? That sounds great. What is your ideal vacation destination? And go generic with this one, like desert, ocean, beach, beach, love beach. Beach is my um, job. The beach. What is your favorite animal? 
Does it have a list? <laughs> yes. Okay, what's oh. my list? Rabbits, monkeys, no. snakes, fish, lizards, cats, birds, goats, dogs, deer, or other. I think it would have to be other. What's your favorite color? Uh, green. 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 My favorite color is also green. Aww. What's your favorite type of weather? Fall. <laughs> That's my answer. Just fall. Um... <laughs> Sunny. Sunshine is an option. I'll do sunshine. Are you an introvert, extrovert, or an ambivert? Ambivert, definitely. I like hanging out with people. I need my alone time, though, sometimes. I need to be hermit. Relatable. Do you like scaring people? Your options are yes, no, occasionally. Occasionally. I like I like pranking my partner. (laughs) If you could have a superpower, what would it be? And again, go generic with this one, like basic ones, invisibility, mind reading, etc. See, not mind reading, because I would then be really scared of finding out what other people think of me. (laughs) Yo, we're on a wavelength. Uh, Invisibility, maybe, because then I can like go hide from a weird situation. I don't want uh, super speed, no, because I'm thinking too much into the laws of physics with that one. Flying, no, I'm scared of flight, actually. Um, I assume super strength is one. We have other and then morphing to a monstrous size, which I feel like would encapsulate increase in strength. Let's do other. Okay. Because the power I actually want is probably just to talk to animals. <laughs> I love animals. That's so cute. Which of these options makes you the happiest? Flowers, swimming, eating good food, exploring, relaxing, studying, browsing the internet, talking to friends, or being alone? Oh, and I can only pick one. You can choose multiple. I think <gasps> up to three. Okay, okay swimming. Eating good food and talking with friends. Perfect. Thoughts on technology? <laughs> cool, I guess. It's <laughs> cool, I guess. Um, <laughs> would you be satiated by the answer? Technology is okay, but I try not to spend too much time on it. I would say yes to that, even though my job is literally looking at a computer all day. <laughs> Are you vegetarian or vegan? (laughs) No, I'm not. (laughs) What is your go-to top in the summer? Your favorite hoodie? A graphic tee? A cool tank top? A dress? A crop top or a baggy shirt? You know, all the fashion. (laughs) All the fashion. I actually... I do love a good baggy t-shirt. That is mainly what I live in. But I think I'm going to go with a dress just because I love wearing dresses. Okay. This should be easy. What's your favorite book genre? Ooh. <laughs> I, I think I should say romance. 
You can say something else if you want. Remember, this is revealing your barest soul. Um, I would say, so here's the thing. I would say fantasy, but I haven't read enough fantasy to say it's my favorite genre yet. I would either okay. say like, I may say contemporary fiction because that like puts a lot of stuff in there. If that's an option or just fiction in general. Unfortunately, this quiz does not respect the contemporary fiction genre. The options are as Damn. follows. Love, fantasy, dystopian, thriller, horror, sci-fi, comedy, young adult, or mystery. Ooh, okay, that is a lot of options, though. Um, mm-hmm. Hmm, that's hard. <sighs> okay. I think I will say fantasy since that was the first thing that popped into my brain. And if I'm not reading like high fantasy, I'm reading like magical realism sometimes, which I consider fantasy. All right. Now, last but certainly not least, what is your favorite flavor profile out of sweet, salty, savory, sour or bitter? Sweet. I'm a sweet girl. Are you ready to find out what these questions were all about, Sydney? Yes. Are you sure? I'm scared. <laughs> I don't know if you'll like the result. Oh, no. Sydney, I'm here to reveal to you that the quiz you just took was called Which Cryptid Are You? by Indy on Quotev.com. I love it. Your answers yielded the jackalope. <laughs> You want to know what your least, you want to know what your least frequently answered response was? No shit. Let me guess Mothman. It was Mothman. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm not tall, dark, and mysterious like this mythical moth of a man. Even the Loch Ness Monster beat out the Mothman. (laughs) You named my daughter after the Loch Ness Monster? Oh my god. I love that I'm just a rabbit with antlers. That's all that's weird about me. I mean, the description says that legends say that the jackalope is dangerous when approached and that it only mates during severe thunderstorms. I don't know why that's relevant. (laughs) Getting freaky when it rains. Getting freaky. No, I'm not going to say that. Welcome to your birthday episode. Happy birthday. Yes. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, Raven. <laughs> I can't swim. I can't swim. Oh my God. Thank you. That was awesome. Honestly, that made my night. You're welcome. Uh well, since um I'm the least like the Mothman, uh, I guess we should probably talk about him. <laughs> And just who he is as as a cryptid. Listen, I know that you've had a long running adoration, I should say, for for cryptids and have a big knowledge base that I do not possess on cryptids. Yeah. Um, I want you and the world to know that I went into this book not knowing a single thing about the Mothman. I love that. I love that. I I learned more than I ever wanted to know. (laughs) The best part is, too, is that you also learned nothing about Mothman. (laughs) I I feel many things. One of them is empty. (laughs) Yeah. Felt that. (laughs) 
So in tonight's episode, we're going a little bit different than some of what we've done before. Um, so we are going to start off with just a review of erotic uh, encounters with Mothman. Um, <laughs> parentheses, like underscore <laughs> title, uh, Meredith meets Mothman. Or in the full title, it's uh, full name, Erotic Encounters with Mothman, a supernatural smut party with Ed Lee's seal of approval. Monster erotica. <laughs> oh, is that what your subtitle says? <laughs> uh, that's what the that is the full title of the book. Mine says Meredith meets the Mothman. Okay, so I looked it up. This is like another edition where she shortened the title. Oh. Oh. Um, but we are going to begin with that, and then what my co-hosts do not know is that we are going to play a little game after we do our little. Um, summary. Okay, Jigsaw, work. Yeah. Uh, would you like play. to know what the game is called, or would you like to wait until... What do you want to do? It's your birthday. You can cry if you want to. I think I think I want to wait till after we do our little review, and then I will reveal the game and the prize. <gasps> oh, we're playing for keeps. There will be blood. You are. <laughs> I know exactly. That's why I'm. That's why I put that in there because I was like, I want them to be competitive. <laughs> it's on. <laughs> I want the competitive spirit on my birthday. See, <laughs> when I was in like middle school and we put those Jeopardy games, I didn't need the bonus points because I was already going to get a ninety-five on the quiz. Mm-hmm. I'm not competitive enough for this. I'm scared. Lauren's going to hurt me. Oh no! But you'll see the prize, and then you might be ready. Um, anyway, your love that and something else. Uh I was going to guess a Mothman dildo, but I'm not going to reveal what it is. They're one in the same. All right. You'll have to wait. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, we're going to (laughs) go. We're going to go into some background uh, general notes about uh, erotic encounters with Mothman, a.k.a. Meredith meets Mothman. Um, The author is Gwyneth Rose. She uh, published this in April. Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn. Sorry, Gwendolyn. Um, She published this in April of 2015. Um, And I looked up who Edward Lee was because I was really confused by the seal of approval by Edward Lee. Found out he is actually a horror author. Um, So he writes a lot of horror. And I just thought it would be fun for you guys. Did you read the foreword by Edward Lee by any chance? No, I went straight to the porn. Beautiful. Beautiful. So here is the words of praise for from the master of extreme. Um, Edward Lee says, very good story hook and use of atmosphere right at the start. A rip roaring excursion of monstrous intrigue and steaming hot and raw potentially written story. Mothman solicits their lesbian fantasies and primal fantasies at the same time. Densely erotic and wonderfully macrobe. Edward Lee. Macrobe. Yep. I'm gonna, I'm gonna raise you. <laughs> you wanna try that one again, babe? You got this. I'm- nope, it's in a different language <laughs> and I don't speak it. <laughs> it. It is considered American English at the moment. Well, then I don't know it. Macabre. Macabre. Can I you love this? this? Can you tell? I'm dyslexic. I can't be bullied on my birthday, okay? We're laughing with you. 
<laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um, so, uh, kind of what we know. So I'll go into the about authors note before I jump into just um, some reviews and then uh, kind of what our ratings are on Goodreads and Storygraph. So about Gwendolyn Rose. Um, this is about her author. This is from Goodreads. Or is it from Amazon? Okay, it's from Goodreads. Um, about the author. I live in a wonderful, I live in wonderful, sunny Florida with all, all the other crazies. LOL. I love to write and I've always been drawn to the stranger things in life, which is obviously apparent in my writing. If you're looking to read something a little different, try out my Mothman erotica. It's not just sex, although there's plenty of that too. <laughs> Personally, I like clubbing, hanging out on the beach with friends, and basically doing whatever I want because dot dot dot. Well, because I'm rich and I can do whatever. Please, with the smiling face. I want her on the podcast. Unironically. Gwendolyn Rose, if you're listening, I idolize you. Please talk to me. (laughs) Honestly, iconic. An iconic about author. Love her. Um, But I love that. I love that. So... (laughs) I love clubbing and I can do what I want because I'm rich. Duh. <laughs> um, so into our ratings real quick on Goodreads, we have two reviews, one which is written, one which is not. Um, and it's an average rating of 1.5. <laughs> Haters. Um, Fuck you all. <laughs> Come on. Shut up. Uh, and the singular written review on Goodreads reads... It's complete garbage. I cannot believe it's a Kindle option. It's pure filth that sounds like it was written on a fanfiction website, but somehow I enjoyed every every godforsaken minute of the smut. <laughs> I, I agree with this statement. Uh, and then on Storygraph, there are no reviews, except for one now, because I left a review. Oh, what'd you say? Are you able to reveal it, or do you want to save it? Sure, I can reveal it. I want to know. Um... I don't remember what I wrote. I wrote something short because I never write on Storygraph or Goodreads when I'm reviewing a book. Okay. Um, Rock Encounters with Mothman. See all reviews. There this we go. This is the Mothman um, song. Okay. <laughs> I just wrote, uh, well, not the best written. Well, not the best written. I had a fun and wild ride. <laughs> I love how to the point and succinct that was. Brilliant. Succinct. Um, and then I will also reveal my tab, my tab index for this book. Uh, so this is probably going to be a new segment on the podcast because I've started uh, doing a little bit more of like note taking and stuff when it comes to this, um, including tabs. Uh, so we've got the blue tab, which indicates a laugh out loud moment. Uh, we've got the, per- the pink tag for uncomfortable. <laughs> Um, yellow is main characters being annoying. <laughs> uh, orange is sexy, question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> green is sarcastic for sarcastic sake. I will be posting those on our social medias at some point after this episode goes live. If you would also like to start tabbing your books in a similar fashion, highly recommend. Yes. You can, and I change up my tabbing method every single book. Uh, but yeah, I mean, 
I think that's kind of it, Lauren. If you would like to take us into our characters real quick and introduce them. All right, full fucking disclaimer, gamers. All right. I was told five minutes before we hit record that I'd be handling summary, which I'm more than happy to do, but you've you've got to understand. I'm not in the I'm not in the mental space to be accurately reciting everything that I just read on the couch last night at 1130 p.m. with a cocktail in hand. Um, this book will be transcribed to you. According to the to the Lauren experience. Um, so whatever I say is absolutely without a doubt, truthfully, what happened in this book. Um, and you can't argue <laughs> that unless you read it. <laughs> or unless Sydney hops it with a quick note. <laughs> Yeah, this is, it's going to be tough, but you know what? As long as you know this ahead of time, please forgive me. All right. So for our characters, none of them have last names to my knowledge. Just some weird... Mothman, Mothman. (laughs) Yeah, just some... (laughs) Yes, Ashlyn? Both of our female main characters have last names. I'm starting off real strong. What are their last <laughs> What are their last names? Lauren, I put so much work every week into making a document for you. I spend all day every day. I spend all day every day. I spend all day every day on Google Docs. I refuse to look at another one. <laughs> oh my god. Meredith Gibbs and what do we decide her name is? Dreama? Dreama? Yeah. That's how I read it. Well, you know what? They're not interesting enough last names for me to remember. (laughs) (laughs) That's a critique of this novel. (laughs) So Meredith Gibbs is our main heroine (laughs) throughout this story. She is employed as, I guess, like a journalist. Um, and writer at the supernatural times yes which is she describes it but i'm honestly not definitively a thousand percent sure like what her job title entails but she goes out and does like field interviews with folks that have claimed to have some sort of supernatural-esque experience but not like with necessarily like cryptids and like monsters and stuff but more like thinking about like angel sightings passing of loved ones feeling the touch from beyond the grave that kind of stuff yeah yeah which is we'll get into a little bit more about her job and her relationship with that job just know that she's a writer for a weird supernatural magazine then we have dreama davis who is the person that is going to be interviewed throughout the story or so we think Uh, she has claimed that she has had an encounter with the mothman out in where is this town? Somewhere in Virginia again? Point Pleasant? Uh, they're not in Point Pleasant. <laughs> are they not? They're outside of it. Oh, they oh, are okay. in Point Pleasant? Yeah, they're outside of it because they don't mention... They mention that it's near there, but it's not quite in it. Okay. The exact location is bumfuck hillbilly land. True. Okay, lit. Lit. So, like, my backyard... <laughs> <laughs> she lives in a trailer in the middle of nowhere that Meredith likes to describe as middle of effing nowhere and has apparently requested to be interviewed about her encounter with the Mothman. The third character is you guessed him. You loved him. You probably want to suck him off. The Mothman. That's <laughs> it. 
his reputation precedes him. It so so does his anyway. Um <laughs> so, <laughs> for the uninitiated, I'm sure birthday girl Sid can fill you in, but Mothman oh is one of your God. standard cryptids based out of Point Pleasant, Virginia, has a statue erected of him in more ways than one. Um, yeah. Hey yo, <laughs> hey yo, I'm on fire. Um, and he's like, apparently, according to this book, attributed to a lot of like weird happenings and like even deaths over in Virginia. Is that true to real life, Sydney? You'll find out in the game. Oh shit! I'm gonna fail if it's a Mothman quiz. <laughs> Damn it! I might succeed. Damn it! Okay. <laughs> You probably won't, because I got a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> oh shit! Are they? Yeah, we'll save it. We'll save it. We'll save it. Um, save it for, for after. Save it for after. Save it. And then the final character, who's off screen the entire time but gets frequent mentions, is a dude named Paul, who is Meredith's boss and a little bit of a jackass. That's it. That's he yeah, arranged this oh, interview. Wow. Yeah. And that's the characters to the best of my ability. Yeah, I also wrote down that Meredith is like sarcastic, quirky, not like other girls. <laughs> a little bit, a li- little bit, yeah. All right, are we ready to stumble through the events of this book? Let's go. <laughs> I'm not. All right, this book is not divided into chapters. They're just our page breaks occasionally, and mm-hmm. fade to black moments occasionally. So I'm just gonna read it straight through. Because that's how I chugged through this. So the beginning of the book, Meredith to this, what I can only describe as like absolutely ransacked, underkept, dilapidated. I believe it's not a trailer park, but it is a lot of land where a trailer has been like parked, essentially. Mm-hmm. But she describes the yard as absolutely filthy. There's apparently this like incredibly pungent smell that like causes her to gag straight out of like exiting her vehicle. There's like a bunch of litter. There's like Mm -hmm. apparently her heels are like sinking into the grass and it's super like muddy and nasty. And she sort of is taking this scene in as she pulls up to this location and all that she knows as per directions of her boss paul is that she's expected to meet someone at this property in their trailer to interview them about their experience with the mothman now not only does she have a lot of i don't even know if prejudice is the word to use here but a lot of <laughs> like, I just wrote like she's classist i just wrote that meredith's classist there we go classist is an apt description uh, a lot of classist uh stereotypical assumptions and commentary about the state of this yard and trailer and the person who may live within it she is also hesitant because the nature of the magazine what is it called the supernatural times shit yeah Cool. Uh, is not so supernatural. It's very more paranormal-esque, and she's never really dealt with anything like monster sightings, devils, you know, cryptids, creatures, and certainly nothing as like left field and quote hillbilly as a mothman. But randomly, she was given this request from Paul. Now, normally at her job, I guess journalists will call her journalists at the job are like given options to take up assignments. She has been specifically requested. Paul just said, you're going on this job. See you later. 
So she spends a lot of time deliberating. She smooths down her little suit. She's in a nice little business classy outfit, outfit which is pertinent to later. And cool. she strides up to the trailer where instead of fucking knocking on the door, she decides to creep through the window where there's like this little sliver of like, I guess where the drape is like that. She doesn't creep through. What'd she do? <laughs> she, she's about to knock on the door and then she sees through the window. <laughs> Oh, so there's like no drape or curtain on the window. I I don't know. I'm I'm confused. But oh no, it's boarded up. The window's boarded up for some reason, and she like sees through like the slits or something. Yes. Yes. But she's about to yeah. knock. Yes, about to knock. Sees through the window that there is a woman who is repeatedly and emphatically described as having the world's most ideal, like supermodel type body. We're talking voluptuous boobies, voluptuous booty, long hair, and, whatever. And pussy. <laughs> and pussy. And yes. Pussy. <laughs> and she is, um, shall we say, riding cowgirl style on a little man tool. Not little. <laughs> big mantle. It was, yeah, it was big. And she not only. She shoves it all the way in. Like, like yeah. full on balls and all. It was, just, like, it was described in detail and made me uncomfy. That's where the a, uncomfy tag came in. It was a little bit of a zero to a 100 vibe for me personally. Because we went yeah. from, I'm about to mentally prepare to interview this in the middle of nowhere. To, wow, she's really riding this good. I'm attracted yep. to this. I was yeah. like, okay. No, she was confused first. Yeah. God. Yeah. And I actually think this would be a great moment to sort of break away to have a little bit of a conversation about that. So yeah. as Sydney just touched on, as she's as Meredith is watching this person through the window, she's making a lot of commentary about how she finds the body a little bit desirable, how she can't really take her eyes off of it. And then, of course, she scurries back to her truck, like wanting to give her some time to, like, you know, put on clothes mm-hmm. and make a lot of noise so that she'll know she's approaching. Yada, yada. She runs back to her truck. But as she gets to her truck, she literally describes herself as like being aroused and having never been aroused by a woman before. And so while there are clearly going to be a lot of times throughout the story as we move forward of evidence of this being questionable, problematic, dot, 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 um, I wanted to sort of get this conversation out in the open firsthand. Sid? Yeah. What, what, what was his name? Edward Lee? What, what, did, what did we think about his uh, lesbian fantasy comment here? <laughs> well, I would argue that they're not lesbians. <laughs> Uh, because, um, well, spoiler alert for later, (laughs) they have an erotic encounter with Moth Man. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, I don't know where the lesbian encounter came from. I, like, Ashlyn, why are you pointing? Technically, they do have a lesbian encounter pre-Mothman. Yeah, no, but they're not lesbians. That's not... If you have sex with a woman, it doesn't automatically make you make you have a lesbian encounter. Oh, no, the lesbians gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> lesbians yes. aren't some, like, dark creature that's about to creep out and be like, hey, you want to get a U-Haul moving together? Gotta go. <laughs> If run. you have sex with the woman, man or female, you 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 as an individual identify as male or female, 
You have sex mm-hmm. with a woman. You are a lesbian. You had a lesbian encounter. Congratulations. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. My straight license oh, has been revoked. No. <laughs> I fell into her pussy, officer. I swear. I swear. <laughs> I swear, officer. I was just, I didn't mean to look at her ass, but it was so juicy. <laughs> it was just right there. I can't. Oh. Um, can I also mention before we move forward the yes. whole name drop of Edward Lee as she was driving on the highway talking about how there was a big accident with all the books that, of his books that just went onto the road can I we talk totally, about that yes I totally <laughs> forgot about that that was such I a one paragraph throwaway I don't even remember it's so funny because um, I literally wrote down laughed out loud at the name drop she's obviously a fan <laughs> um because like she goes on for like a page and a half about how he's like a great writer and how like this would be awful because they're waiting all for his new book and I was just like <laughs> it's a little much but it's okay yeah that's the thing do we do we sit here and we come up with a fan theory of how Gwendolyn Rose and Edward Lee came to be. Like, was it a chicken before the egg type situation? Did Edward Lee write this forward before the book was written, not knowing its contents? And then as like a like a tribute, she did this or did she write this first? And then Edward Lee felt obligated to write a forward. I'm going to go with option B. Option B. I think so. Because how would you describe how would you describe this book if it were the beforehand? That's my question to you, Lauren. How would you convince a writer to write it forward in your book about having sex with Mothman? I mean, considering the title, it's <laughs> erotic encounters. Yeah. I'd be like, it's probably sex. <laughs> um, if I were to describe it before this author had read it, I go, okay, listen here. Have mm-hmm. you heard of Mothman? No? Let me tell you the lore about Mothman. Okay. Now imagine Mothman having sex with lesbians. I'll also write a big thing about you in my book in like the first couple pages. Done. (laughs) (laughs) Also, not to say that Meredith did this. I'm sorry, Meredith, if you are listening. (laughs) You mean Gwendolyn? (laughs) Gwendolyn, I'm so sorry. Oh my God. Not the (laughs) self-insert. I'm so sorry, Gwen. Listen, Glenn, we respect the Grussel. I do. I certainly do. Stop <laughs> saying Grussel. I can't. Grussel is equivocally better than grind and hustle separately. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say, you need to describe what the fuck Grussel is, or people will be like, what the fuck is Grussel? Grussel, when you have surpassed your limits of just grinding and or hustling to combine the two for a shaggy, all 100% power like experience at your job. Russell. Thank you. (laughs) So anyway, lesbians, right? So anyway, lesbians. Yes. I for me, it wasn't even necessarily the whole like, oh, I've never experienced with women before. Because valid, you know, you don't have to identify as sapphic when you have a romantic or intimate encounter with someone that identifies as a woman for the first time you know exploration and labels it's a confusing time for everyone involved what i do take issue with is the is the frequent commentary uh throughout where it's like 
there's this undertone I felt of like, oh, this is weird, but also very erotic to be with a woman, but not for the sake of like, I am attracted to women and being mm-hmm. with women is something that I like am attracted to. It's mm-hmm. more attracted to being with a woman as seen through the male gaze or a heteronormative gaze. That is a great point. That is the vibe I got. It felt very like, let's have sex because it's kinky, but both of us are in love with this straight male in this throuple. They also say they're in love with each other. So I don't know. It was also weird. Spoiler alert. Later, she calls her like her friend. And I'm like, no, you're not. Well, yeah, you're friends, but you're also girlfriends. Yeah. Or like, there's some benefits involved. Like you yeah, can see, say you guys it, are romantic. You guys are romantic. You said I love you. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> continuing on, Lauren, keep telling us about the story. Yes. So Meredith runs back to her car to I don't know mentally unpack the sapphic oncomings, and then she decides, okay, I'm gonna make a whole lot of racket so that this chick knows that I'm coming. She has an opportunity to to dress herself, and I can go inside and act like none of this ever happened. So she starts doing the whole like, Ah-ha-ham, let me slay my car door, car door, Ha-ham, let me honk my car. <laughs> And then she finally gets up to the door. And yes, the woman who answers the door has pulled herself together, but it is notable and commented on many times throughout the following scenes that she has put on what is essentially like a like a button down T-shirt dress with nothing Mm -hmm. underneath. And she is wearing a pink G string um, that is very visible with the slightest of movement of this dress shirt. And we will hear about that multiple times (laughs) throughout the book. Um, so she answers the door and it turns out that this woman is in fact Dreema Davis who is going to be interviewed for her encounter with the Mothman Meredith is immediately a bit skeptical you know this girl a little bit airheaded I think is the best way to describe her she's very much your stereotypical like there's like a horror trope almost of like young country bumpkin but like is really hot but like a little bit ditzy and then probably is going to get taken advantage of at some point by like a male jock personality type it's very much that vibe very much that vibe um but she's sweet and welcoming to meredith she invites her to come in and as she kind of starts talking meredith is obviously here for business kind of wanting to like you know okay you know get set up but immediately dream is already talking about this oh i had a conversation with your peach of a boss paul is so lovely yeah. he's so nice and i just have this fantastic idea for how we could spice up this interview except she's we spend several pages i'm not even shitting oh my you. several yeah. <laughs> several long pages not saying what this fantastic idea is and it drove me bonkers what did you think, what did you think of this? I went, this is so slow. This is all filler. <laughs> like, I think I ended I, up skipping I, two to three pages. I did too. Um, I also wrote down Meredith is kind of an asshole. I know we are going, we're going for a sarta- sarcastic, intelligent woman, but it comes off as snobbish. Yes. Uh, uh, and also like, so we get to that point where then she finally reveals the idea, which is to go take her picture in like this weird place, which is like, and then we get more pages of Meredith trying to convince Dreema to not do that. And it's like for I think it's like 10 pages of this. Se- no, it's not 10. It's like five. Felt like 10. Yes. Jumping. And then Dreema's like finally like, well, let's just get you changed. We'll go up there. And But it's like Meredith being like, no, I hate that stuff. I'm not. a. am not. 
I'm not like a woodsy girl. I'm a city girl. I don't like walking and all of that. And I was just like, damn, girl. <laughs> my thing, and you're going to hear me rant a lot about this as we get further to the book. Yeah. Part of my job, my nine to five, I actually do interview people. Granted, it's not like journalism. So there's no like visual element, like pictures or anything like that. But I do interviewing. So like, you know, a lot of this was familiar territory for me. Starting off the bat, you have an interviewee who is proposing, especially for a visual component of like something like a magazine or a newspaper, there's going to be visual elements who is actively proposing, hey, I'm going to be your guide. I'm going to show you up to this like little hillside. We are going to take pictures of where the encounter happened. Like, you know, I know the way it's going to be comfortable. And you are adamantly refusing as the interviewer, like and she she constantly talks about like how she feels like she's really good at her job and like all this stuff. It, it was really hard for me to believe that because yeah. she was so like, hell no, this is a stupid idea. And I'm like, what? And it's not, though. <laughs> what do you mean? I, was, I did think, too. I was like, well, typically for magazines, too, they would have like a photographer instead take the photo, not the actual journalist. So that makes True. sense. I don't know. I don't know the setup. Either way, it, it was very drawn out for a very long time. And finally, they come to the so conclusion. Hard. We're going to go up the mountain. <laughs> I will say, too, I want to ask you something, Sid. So at this mm-hmm. point in the novel, we have established Meredith wearing a fancy suit and some heels. Yep. She talks about this to Dreama, says, you know, I'm not dressed for it. Dreema says, oh, I've got some clothes and some shoes that should fit you. At this point, did you have any suspicions or predictions about what was about to go down? Because that. Nope. I actually that raised a light bulb for me. Like I went into this mm-hmm. book completely blind. I didn't read the back at all. I read that scene. I was like, Meredith has already described herself as being built differently than Dreama because she actually makes some statements of being very envious of her body and like X, mm-hmm. Y and Z. What is the likelihood that she not only has a top and shorts that fit her, but especially shoes? And I was like, this feels premeditated. <laughs> a little bit. I, like, I would get that. This is murder. Meredith, Meredith is also described as being like really skinny. Like she doesn't have an ass or boobs. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? Anything could fit her. Yeah. That's true. And the shoe thing, I was like, it didn't really raise anything for me. Because I was just like, okay. I'm a seven. I'm a seven and a half shoe size. Like majority of women. Whenever I go to the shoe store, I See, cannot find my I, shoe size. I actually rarely meet people that are within the seven to eight range. So really? you say that you're a seven and a half. I was like, why are we the same shoe size? That surprised me. I'm a nine. Oh, uh, I, I hear more people have like nines, like just in my life, like more people huh. around me just wear like nines to tens. That is interesting. Huh. She could have handed her flip flops though. And I was like, yeah, that could work. She could have. <laughs> she could have. <laughs> yeah. She was wearing jorts. I wouldn't put a past her. Yeah, they did. She didn't put her in jorts. And I was like, that is not something you want to wear in the Southern heat, but, but fine. But nasal jorts with some butt sweat. Yeah. 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 Mm. Put that bling on the butt pocket. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, she gets into some clothes that fit her surprisingly. I was like, sus among us, but okay. Um, and she goes up with Dreama to this hill, which is called Seymour Lookout. What the hell was this? <laughs> Seymour Butts? <laughs> uh, but that is what Meredith sees. Because <laughs> Dreama's walking ahead of her. 
Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, literally, I wrote down because she describes that she keeps seeing her underwear, and I just wrote down, "I can't escape the word panties." <laughs> it's literally Ben Kessler all over again, but just a I woman. Know, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> what color are your panties? They're pink. Oh my god. Like hello. I, <laughs> I so like literally for a chapter, they're just hiking up the mountain. <laughs> and yes. I just, Here's another uh, fun unhinged thought for me. Um, if they don't bang, it's queer baiting. LOL. <laughs> That's actually so true. That is so yeah. valid. Oh my god, the whole hiking up the mountain chapter is literally just this like existential internal monologue of Meredith being like, I'm supposed to be paying attention to her traumatic backstory with her overbearing like pastor father that tried to whip her into shape under like very traditional and oppressive Christian values. And she's actually like bearing her soul to me and like really talking about vulnerable things. And I'm an interviewer, not but, but her ass, no, though. Look, her ass. <laughs> look at that ass. Look at that makes me off. I was oh, like, and the sweat on like the bottom of her back is sexy. And I'm like, what? And all of this, and she's still saying, like, I've never okay. been attracted to a woman before. I don't identify. So and I was like, ma'am, wake up and smell the roses. Okay. You are this is by panic 101. God. Anyway, we we ignore her very actually like interesting backstory, Dreama's backstory for a lot of G-string shots. And then finally, we crest up to Seymour Butts, which is this like beautiful meadow like, I don't know how to, I don't know, nature outcropping pasture eh, in the woods. It was the meadow. Oh my god! It was the meadow. The meadow. Now I don't go outside, um, so I was like, "Cute, yeah, cool." I don't know what to call this. Um, but little old city girl here is like, "This is the the prettiest place I have ever seen." Let's sit down here and do this interview, girl. And then Dream was like, "Yeah," and asked, and I quote, "I don't know how to do this thing." Like, you know, kind of like, "What? What do I expect, Meredith?" gives like no answer other than like oh it's easy like we'll just i'll ask you questions and we'll just do it and then she goes hey want want a skinny dip i was like hello i'm sorry <laughs> and then Meredith's like what the fuck but dream is already naked and going into the water yeah Dreama is actively pulling off her clothes and it's like you want a skinny dip <laughs> And then Meredith's like, sure, yeah, I guess I'll get in. <laughs> this girl went from, I mean, I guess growth. We can call it character development, whatever. Very it's been quick. <laughs> I just want to say, it's been 20 pages and she went from being like, oh, my Prada heels are sinking into the stinky hillbilly dirt of this place to, I mean, God, I'm maybe a lesbian. Let me like rip off my clothes. Yeah. God. Hello. <laughs> also, though. Can I go on like a five second mini rant about interviewing? Go ahead. There was one line that pissed me off. And I'm probably the only person in the universe that has read this book that was pissed off by this. But I'm going to tell you why I'm pissed off. In this, in this scene, when Meredith sits down to be like, okay, let's begin the interview. She pulls out her iPad, first of all. You know, the crisp, clean audio of an iPad to yeah. record an interview. Sets it down between them and then asks her, I shit you not. Five questions in one. Me as an interviewer was like, 
What the fuck was that? You cannot, we are supposed to ask one question at a time. You can't do anything double barreled. You can't ask two questions. You can't do leading questions. Especially for someone that is like nervous about being interviewed. What the fuck? You're controlling the narrative, Meredith. And she's like, so what do you think about Mothman? Did he, did he do this? Do you think he's a killer? Do you think he's, what is he, was he huge? Was he big? And I was like, girl, one at a time. And then thank God Dream started getting naked because I was like, spare me from this interview. I was like, I'm going to have a conniption fit. I was like, I was like, I'm going to have a conniption fit if I have to read this entire interview like that. Yeah. Anyway, rant over. Yeah. They go skinny dipping and then we they get, get skinny dipping. and they jump out. <laughs> it was literally like a fade to black for the skinny yeah. dipping. Which I was is like, so funny because then the next scene, they're, they're banging it out. They're having full on sex. That's exactly why I was bothered by it. Because I was like, what happened in the hour that they were getting pruny in this like dirty lake water? Oh, my God. And probably oh, contracting did. a yeast infection. <laughs> Yeah, um, I went. Yeah, here we go. At that part, <laughs> was it a was it yes. a sexy question mark tab? No, uh, it was, and that literally right after that was you because I wrote you. I hate when it's <laughs> it's described as juices. <laughs> my liquids. She has her face oh. is covered in my juices, and I'm like. Ah. I was like, okay, Capri Sun, chill. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I did also think that. I'm like, would it taste like lake though? Because they did just swim. There's a brine in there. <laughs> a little algae, a little protein. It's a self cleaning oven, okay? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> The cultures from the lake just really try to level out the pee. I'm sorry. Oh my god. I'm sorry, Ma. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Dream is like, have you ever had sex with a woman? And Meredith's like, no. And she goes, I can't believe that because you're so beautiful. And then they start having sex. I can't believe this. I was like, where's the conviction? Where is the where is the staunch? I'm a city girl that I'm here to do a job and you're a hillbilly. Where was that? Not my interviewee. I'm meant to interview you. I feel like this is a breach of conduct. Really, she got to know her more than any other interview could have ever. Oh my God. Um, I also asked a couple questions. And I was like, does Meredith not believe in the supernatural? Because she kept talking about how like, she's like, well, Mothman's like, Oh wait, no. This was after. <laughs> no, you're good though. Like I'm, I'm following the thread, you know. <laughs> no, but this was after Mothman. Uh, they were having sex, and then in the middle of it, Mothman goes, "Kaka!" <laughs> kind of like falls down from the trees, <laughs> and they're just like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> Literally, was like, "Stay calm, stay chill. It's just Mothman." <laughs> and then Meredith tries to run away. Um, Literally, Mothman I- grabs her. And like soothes her with something, and then he takes and he flies them off to his quote unquote den. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Is it? Is it? Oh. What were you gonna say? Is I guarantee you, it's not the same thing. What okay. is that? Is that what? Oh, his cooey. His cooey. <laughs> is it his cooey? It's his cooey. He's out here drilling. He resonating. <laughs> I resonate with you. You know, that's how you say it. 
No, see, I was going to say something worse. Um, I <laughs> Okay, so before Mothman, literally, like, the shadow falls over them as they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, his shadow casts over them. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I Dream literally is like, <laughs> Dream is like <laughs> say it. Say, say what a horse, ride a cowboy. <laughs> Giddy up! Oh my god! No, I ride him off, man. <laughs> god, I want to read one about the headless horseman now. Well, just wait. I have good news for you. Is that saying? <gasps> Spoilers. Yes. No, I, I shit y'all not. I don't know what diluted little like hypotheses I was coming up with while I was reading this book. I was not sober. At this scene, I thought Dreama was going to be Mothman and it was going to be this weird like. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the same thing. I was like, is Dreama Mothman? <laughs> I was like, this is kind of slay. Like, like, I love it. Like she was like coming to an orgasm, and then instantly it's just Mothman. Wings, <laughs> wings sprout from her back as she comes. <laughs> like that would have been so good. Like I'm sorry. And she goes into this giant moth man. Not like, even a woman. Exactly the androgyny of it all. Like I would have been like, oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, Mothman just goes. I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> my shadow befalls you. <laughs> Mm. yeah let's talk about that like calming aura shit that was weird i don't know why it was in yeah i don't know why that was included i did like the cooey reference we're making here that was great that That was great that was good (laughs) um yeah so i'll really i will i will release some mothman lore for you too because it's not in the thing we do later um Mm -hmm. so mothman does according to people who have seen him have hypnotic powers (laughs) because people who have seen him apparently can feel when mothman is near and they kind of go into a psychosis after seeing him um and a lot of people have mental breakdowns so is this kind of like the opposite Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> this is not canon. <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> you too, honestly. I was like, that's kind of funny. That's interesting. He's literally like a Snuggie. You yeah. just get near him and he's like, you are calm like, now. <laughs> You're calm now. He just smells like lavender. <laughs> I love it. Eucalyptus. Ugh. Yeah. I- Honestly, I wouldn't mind that because I was like, mm, musty Mothman. That that'd be great. Oh, oh, I don't even want to think about how he smells. Probably like wet dog <laughs> and like, like probably God. like the lake because that's probably where he goes to take a bath. They probably all smell a little musty right now. Ugh. Gross. Uh, but yeah, uh, that was weird. What did you think about it? Just like Meredith at this point in the story, I was literally clinging on for dear life. I was like, I was just yeah. getting hot and bothered by by the women loving women. I was like, okay, why why is he removing us from the premises? I was like, we are yeah. going to a secondary location. I've been taught in kidnapping school that that's not what you do. Kidnapping school? Did you go to school for kidnapping? <laughs> it's YouTube. <laughs> 
This is kidnapping. I mean, I, re- I remember when the officers were like, come to your school and be like, you don't want to be taken to a second location. It's over. it's over. It's over. It's over. Damn if you're in a secondary location. I did. I did think whenever they would come, like I was just like, "There's going to be a point in my life when I'm kidnapped," which is maybe why I'm so afraid of strangers now. <laughs> like I was like, "It's not. It's not an if. It's a when. When am I going to get kidnapped? <laughs> When's One Direction coming for me? It's my exactly. time. When is my mom? When is my mom selling me because they have no money and I need to be taken by One Direction?" <laughs> Oh, I am Harry Styles in it. Your mother oh. gave me rents. Oh my god, it's so funny. Uh, Wait, they go to his den. Let's talk about the den, please. Please. Okay. This, this, this is my favorite room. part. The big old concrete room. I I can I be honest? I kind of wish you called it a nest. I do too. Like a love nest? Yes. Well, plus also, Mothman. He got wings. Bird. That's true. Not only though is this a big metal room, it is literally <laughs> it's it is a World War II bunker. Which for the listeners at home, I need you to know that World War II was spelled out in this book, World War, and then T W O, not the Roman numerals. Not to say that that's incorrect, but I've just never seen it that way. <laughs> I was um, like, can you, you guys want another? Okay, so do you guys want another Mothman fun fact? Yes, please. It's not included in my game. So there are actually concrete World War II bunkers in Point Pleasant, Virginia. Okay, she did her research. All right. Uh, so basically, they used to hold um, explosives and other toxic materials. And it is believed that these toxic materials and other things which were housed within those little they're more like igloos they're more like concrete igloos um that is what caused the mutation which created mothman i have an opinion (laughs) yeah the bunker is way too well i mean i could see a bunker being there the first thing that she says is that it is, quote, unfathom- unfathomably large. Yeah. She then gives an estimate of the yardage. It is smaller yeah. than a lecture hall in a major university, a Walmart, <laughs> a football field. Yeah, yeah. If you have attended a college football game, you have been in a room larger than this unfathomably large bunker. That is all. Thank you. Larger or smaller than the bunker? Larger. Okay, yeah. So, um, in her defense, in the area in which Mothman resides, it is heavily wooded and not a lot of people are able to get back there. That's my defense. That's it. I will defend Mothman until the day I die. Thank you. No, no, I love this because this almost inadvertently defends Gwendolyn Rose because she did, girl did her research. She did, like, okay. some, she did do like, some. We did do some research. Slay. <laughs> it's my favorite word lately. Slay. Oh my god. Uh, Slay. We're World War II. Slay. Yeah, it's like a big bunker. It's got like a bed, like a big old bed. Don't know where Mothman got a bed. He got a green TV. And I was like, what? Is, uh, my, I did question, what does Mothman watch on TV? 
the nature channel yes <laughs> discovery <laughs> um i i think he would like to watch also um shows about like bigfoot and other things he'd be like ha fuckers <laughs> i can't <soon. laughs> uh, he also had like a record player a big kitchen and i was like okay work mothman I literally thought that they were going to say, and then he has a gun rack on this wall. Like for a second, I was fully like, this man has explosives from yeah. World War II in this punk. He also reads books. He's a smart moth man. Great. And intellectual. Yeah. I also uh, I did ask, how does Mothman get cable? Yeah. How does Mothman? pay for cable (laughs) do you think he like hijacks it from a local like resident no apparently remember he has at the end of the book it's revealed he has a shit ton of money money and i'm like is mothman into nfts mothman is does insider trading oh my gosh (laughs) fuck that's better he just calms down like the men on wall street and gets his like <laughs> don't know. Oh my god. Oh. I want to know what his search history is the way that he anyway. Oh gosh. Um hot sexy moth women looking for in my area. Sexy journalist, single 25 mile radius. Yeah, exactly. Uh I did love too when they were like in the den and Meredith was like what the fuck he's not supposed to be real and i went girl he's right there <laughs> like he's obviously real at this point i know she describes it literally as like eight feet tall right or like nine feet tall something like that he's massive yeah, he's and i'm boy. like you can't put on a costume and be 10 feet tall like i'm sorry and then fly like he literally flew yeah yeah i was like girl get a grip um, but I love that it's revealed that she didn't really believe in the supernatural. She just reported on it. And I went, then why the fuck do you work for a supernatural magazine? I know. I know. And she's clearly miserable, too. She only shits on her boss and she's like, the company culture is terrible. I'm like, girl, leave. I'm sure leave. you don't make bank. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, apparently she do. Apparently she's comfy. <laughs> Can't relate. Yeah, um, <laughs> so we get all this introduction. Dream is like trying to chill her out because like the calming thing fades away for a second and Meredith's like running around I love that I took over the summary because I'm just too excited <laughs> all right go for it it's your birthday I, I love this I love this book um because it's just a train wreck but it I ate it up so quickly yeah. um so yeah they're in the den and Meredith's like starting to run around and be like get me out of here da, 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 da. and dream is like chill out it's just moth man <laughs> Um, and then at one point I wrote down how many times has Dreama done this? Is this her idea of a first date? Like interesting. Interesting thought. Um, and Dreama's like then reveals she goes, he's the most loving creature I've ever met. He's so kind and he's so loving and so sweet. Um, like my daddy, he didn't want me to date women or men because he knew I would be like on the wrong sides, but he's but Mothman only knows love. And da 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 da, and I was like, "Mothman is love. Mothman is life." Basically, it's giving uh, commune. Like we are all yeah. in the relationship with nature and with each other. And I was like, you know what? We love Mothman. <laughs> yeah, I was like, work. You know, 
work it, bitch. Uh, and then Dream is like, by the way, we didn't finish. And so then they go, uh, Mothman grabs them, picks them up, and then throws them onto his big bed. And they start having sex again. Uh, <laughs> Actually, so sorry, quick amendment. I think it's important <gasps> to note that right before that happened, like Meredith is still freaking out. Like she's still like, as much as I'm attracted to Dreama, like I don't want to do this in front of this like moth creature. Like I need to get the fuck out of here. So she's sprints. By the way, either guys, Uh, not in the way that we think. He just like trills and like chirps and shit. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like that. And then he can also, he sends memories later on. Yeah, it's like a like a mind meld type situation. Uh, so yeah, she, she hasn't verbally given any consent, and neither has he. No, no. And so she's sprinting across this unfathomably large lecture hall, and as she's like running to God knows where, the wall, like some nine and three quarters platform yeah. shit. Literally, he like flies over behind her, wraps her in his arms, and then immediately like emanates his like calming aura. And then like within seconds, she's like, "Okay, I'll fuck now." And I'm like. Yeah. Is that consensual? I don't know. That feels a little bit coercive slash manipulative, but I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm going with it. It's fine. Um, I think it's whatever. <laughs> my favorite line was when she was describing when she first went down then on Dreama. So she started doing Condolingas on Dreama and reciprocated. Um, and she wrote down that she was like starting to play with her boobs. And she described her nipples as bullet sized nipples. And I was like, what the fuck? How big are those? those? Like, holy shit. Yeah, I was like... (laughs) Like like cow udders. Like, I'm so... Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Um, And then she describes, like, going down on her. But then she uses the word puba. And I was like, I don't know how to feel about using the proper word for the... Was it puba or was it pubis? Like no, it was puba. Where did pubis happen? Because there was a pubis in there somewhere. There was a pubis too. Um, I was like, what am I reading? Um, I I wrote down. I didn't expect the word puba so close to the word bullet-sized nipples. There's the science and then there's the fantasy. Oh my god, I loved it. Oh my god. Uh, they fuck a lot. <laughs> they do this is the TLD. This is my favorite thing. Um, Mothman is a lover, not a fighter. But before Mothman can get in on it, after she's, um, after both Dreama and Meredith have finished, not multiple, Meredith, multiple yeah, times, not done yet. Uh, Dreama <laughs> then dumps more of her trauma. Um. And I, and I went first. She eats you out, then she gives you her life story. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the, it's the come down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, she's like talking about how Mothman is unlike any lover uh, you will ever have because Mothman is a lover, not a fighter. Um, <laughs> I hope Craig picked that up. I hope so too. I don't think he did. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and then she was like, basically, Dreama in this sequence is just like trying to convince Meredith to have sex with Mothman because Mothman uh, is now visibly <laughs> um, erected. <laughs> yeah, interested. And so, and I kind of wrote down because basically what she was trying to be, be like, be bad. 
Like, just be bad. Be a little bit bad. You should be a little bad. And I was like, be bad. Have sex with Mothman. <laughs> like, we left be bad when we went skibbity dipping in the lake on the clock. Like, yeah. this is, this is, yeah, borderline bestiality. This is, like, illegal. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, look, this isn't like, let's be bad. Let's order french fries or let's be bad. Let's get like dessert. This is like bad. Let's have sex with the creature, which we don't know how it exists. And it kind of defies the laws of physics. And we don't know if it can transfer STDs. <laughs> so. Yeah. That is something I've thought about, about many times. <laughs> I just thought about that. Yeah. Does Mothman carry STDs? I literally sat here the whole time. Damn, Mothman, guess- get you pregnant. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, is this an Ice Planet Barbarian situation? Like, are we about to have a moth baby? Oh, raising hand. Yes, absolutely. While writing this, I wrote, literally, questions I never thought I'd ask. Can the Mothman get you pregnant? Yes. <laughs> I don't I know. Like, do they make moth condoms? Like... Not uh, for this one guy because um, I <laughs> remember the description of how long uh, he is. I will never forget a foot and a half. That is eighteen inches. That is fucking huge. With the circumference of a baseball bat end. I know. I like, excuse me. Stop opening your mouth and trying to indicate how big Mothman is. In case you're you're wondering, moths don't carry diseases, but they can they can carry bacteria. So yeast infections. You can get a yeast infection. And uh, what's that? What's the t- okay? This is gross. I'm sorry. When you were when you were when you were having a vaginal labor with, yes. with baby, a lot yeah. of women, well, or mothers, will rip from vagina to anus. What yep. is that called? What's something tear? Perineum tear? Well, I no, I, I think perineum is right. Something. It's whatever that is. awful. <laughs> One of the trillions of reasons why I don't want children. Anyway, yeah. I literally saw like the descriptor for a Mothman and I was like, she's got to be one giant hole by the end of <laughs> I was they literally like, are. she needs to be dilated to the point where she's actually giving birth 10 inches. Like she needs, I was like, not even. It's not 10 inches, it's 10 not centimeters. Inches. Not inches. Oh God, I'm sorry. My bad. I'm an American. <laughs> I don't use the metric system. That's like six inches, not 10. Oh, your God. My bad. 10 centimeters. I was like... In diameter as well. And to do that pleasurably, I was like, where's the epidural? Ma'am. He does, um, he does, before they uh, begin, um, I also wrote down, penis head the size of a tennis ball. Like, she described that, and I was like, ow! Ashley's leaving. Oh, <laughs> our producer has left. Uh, I, I also wrote down, also know. love that Mothman's dick is tan. It's just tan colored. And I was like, why is it tan? <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Okay, we're going to talk about the colorations of penises really quick. We, <laughs> <laughs> someone without one, I have the authority to say. <laughs> but like, 
like, okay, we're not actually going to get to the to the things, but I just, I'm just saying his fur is gray. He's gray from head to toe. When he unsheathes his sword, I expected it to be either gray or a darker variant. And she says, it's like tan. And I was like, why? Pink. I would have said pink. I feel like that would have been freaked me out more. Pink is also weird, but that's like naturally what animals have. So it's like, eh. That's true. But no, tan. He, uh, he sits out in the sun with it. Sorry, I had a disgusting image. So you know, oh, like, no. moth wings no. often come no. patterned. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. What if, what if, no. I don't want it. was a cocoon that when it, when it, when it erects, it busts out of the cocoon and metamorphosizes into a hypnotic cat. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it, Lauren. <laughs> God. And Moments that I will regret on my deathbed, part 543. Uh, but he does um, help get her ready for his penis with his super long tongue. That apparently is triangular. <laughs> yeah, and it's very also long and girthy, apparently. <laughs> You know, like, y'all ever seen a cow tongue? No, please. God, no. It is a, it is a, is a food that you can eat. I know. But they're big. They're big. Yeah. That's what I was imagining. Um, also then, I love that Mothman, like, looks at her tits and her, her clitoris, and it's just, like, glowing red light, and it, like, changes the color and makes them engorge, and I was like, what is going on? I was like, what laser toy? kind of bullshit is this? I don't know. Oh my god. Mothman uh, would be hella sick at laser tag. <laughs> <laughs> I'd play um, with him. <laughs> but yeah, and then um, Meredith kind of just passes out from her orgasm. And <laughs> from her like 50 orgasms. From, like Yeah, and I, I was like, I would too if I've had that many. Like, ow. Um, I yeah. did also write, why are we using the appropriate verbiage um, and scientific language in a monster smut book? <laughs> <laughs> the realer. Uh, so then we get a time skip um, slightly. Like, we blacked out and we're waking back up. Uh, and, yeah, so... Dream also has sex with Mothman. They are all they all are having a big old three way. Um, at one point, <laughs> um, <laughs> Mothman <laughs> begins to have penetrative sex with Meredith, and then he begins to fly. I'm not gonna lie. And then that's how she orgasms. This shit kind of did it for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, get into it. <laughs> Cause like he was using uh, the beating of his wings to leverage his thrust. And I was like, that's creative. That's actually kind of it genius. Was, I, I will say it was kind of creative. I'll give her that. It was great. Um, uh but yeah, so that was pre-orgasm. This is post-orgasm. Uh <laughs> she wakes up. <laughs> She's still in the bed. 
um, which she didn't remember getting in because she was on a table before. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then we get the big old twist, which threw everyone for a loop here. This shit. Uh, oh, right. And then also Mothman telepathically. This is there's so much that happens to the sex. I keep forgetting and then remember remembering before she passed out. Remember, Mothman was uh, sharing yes no, after yeah he was sharing images of meredith and like showing her how beautiful she is and sexy and how much love he feels for her yeah yep and this was like <laughs> mid mid come to like you know yeah. like <laughs> yeah anyway it's revealed that uh this is a premeditative thought from mothman uh because he saw Meredith is waking up and like looking at all the books and she sees one of her books and Dreama says yes Mothman actually looked at and read one of your books and thought it was like one of your magazines and thought it was really interesting and he decided he really wanted to have you here that so we came up with a plan and we called your boss and asked for you specifically or else we wouldn't do the interview we as in me Dreama uh so yeah, we lied the whole time to get you here and to have sex. The How part, did you feel about that lot, Warren? Yeah, yeah. I so I need to keep reminding myself. We are willingly and voluntarily reading a book where we have three-way sex with a mythological cryptid creature. Yes. And it was really good sex. <laughs> It was really graphic, like way more graphic than anything we've ever read, including the birthday episode from last yeah. week. <laughs> way bigger than that. So I, I need to, I need to, like, obviously I'm suspending a certain level of disbelief, right? Yeah. I'm enjoying myself. There are certain lines and certain moments that like take me out of that and I'm unwilling to suspend my disbelief. And it is the, it's the corniest shit. It's the shit that nobody yeah. in the right mind cares about. In this scene... The thing that like made me suspend my disbelief was like, how in the world are you going to pick up this random paranormal local magazine and think the writing in it is so delicious that you want to fuck the writer? I was like, well, he saw a photo of her, too, because it was in the magazine. But like, why is he reading it in the first place is my question. <laughs> how can he read in the first place this is all the questions like like also like the questions we asked before can mothman get you pregnant can mothman give you stds can mothman premeditate a hostage situation to come have sex with him and his and his girlfriend fuck buddy domestic partner (laughs) fuck buddy i think is the best Uh, i i just keep going back to the one time she tried to ask interview questions and it was a bajillion questions at once and i was like how the hell are you gonna think this chick has potential i'm sorry yeah like i was like disbelief gone back it's here uh but then (laughs) meredith is like yeah that's cool i guess and then they go and have more sex the scream that I scrumped. I was like, please, yeah. please spare me. And then we get the epilogue and it's a little time jump to three days later where Meredith and Dreama are back at Dreama's trailer because they've been in Mothman's den for three days and they're just like, we're hungry. We need to go have a steak. Because all, <laughs> all this bitch eats is raw vegetables, fruits, and like, yeah. what was the other thing? 
was like no, seeds it was or something. Vegetables. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. I was like, does oh. Mothman? So Mothman's a forager, or <laughs> he has a <laughs> he has a really good Instacart. <laughs> he's got DoorDash on file. Yeah, he's got DoorDash. Um. So yeah, and then. <laughs> Okay, so here's the moment that took me. I I can suspend quite a bit of disbelief, but it got to the point where Meredith said, "I already knew I was in love with the Mothman after being with him for like three days and just having a lot of sex." And I was just like, "That's where mine broke." Personally, I was like, "You love the appendage, not the man attached to it. Get a grip, the Mothman attached." Um, but then she like talks about how Dreama is like her friend, her roommate, and then she also does mention lover at the end. And I was like, "Yes, I'm actually pulling up the exact first. wording." I I wanted to pull up the exact phrasing so that we could yeah we could actually get this right. Uh, Here, you look for that. I can finish real quick uh, because basically. Meredith's like, hey, let's clean up the yard and then I'll move in here and give up my whole life because fuck my old life. And Dream is like, great, let's eat real quick and then let's go tell Mothman and like go have more sex. And then that's how the book ends. I was like, how is this y'all's life now? (laughs) I did think about it. I was like. So I I was thinking, I was like, how long would this last for? And also, what would happen if you want to break up with the Mothman? Or Dreama. Um, what if her and Dreama break up? I'm like, how is that going to work? That's the thing. They kind of allude to it because Meredith was like, what if I... This is back when they were like in the bunker, like post-coitus. Mm-hmm. Like, she's literally like, what if I had said no to your devious little like ransom plan? And like, they kind of laugh it off as like, I don't know. But I was like, they would have had to kill you. Like, actually. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Mothman would have done it, but because he's apparently like kind and like a humanitarian. But I feel like Dreama... Yeah. Dreama might have done it. <laughs> Dreama, Dreama, I feel like would have done something. I found it. Okay. <clears throat> I'm just gonna read these three lines because this is a good take us home message. Mm-hmm. Meredith's sanity now, dot dot dot, her reality was the existence of this being in Dreama. How could she just leave? She had found a different form of life, a being that satisfied her physically and emotionally more than any human ever had or could. She already knew she was in love with the Mothman. And then there was Dreama, her companion, her lover, her friend. She really did like the woman a lot. The answer was obvious. Yet Meredith still remained somewhat hesitant. Love that she's like, I love Mothman, but I only like Dreama. Was weird and unnecessary. I was like, you can just say you have a complicated relationship and need to like unpack your sexuality. That's fine. Take some time. Yeah, that's, a, that's a chill way to say it. Um, I also wrote down. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of internet listen. Um, a lot of internet users will know what I'm talking about when I when I say this. I said, "Oh my god, Meredith and Dreama are just the bimbo to not like other girls pipeline." With the books, true, true. Uh, for people who don't know what I'm talking about, it's like this. It's this very famous, like 2012, 2013 illustration that was done by someone. And it was this stereotypical, quote unquote, like bimbo, like blonde, big butt, big boobs. And then it transitions, transitions to her, like picking up a book. And then she just becomes like a, skull, a skinny, like brown haired, like book lover wearing glasses. And I was like, OK, that's weird. Mm hmm. 
Yeah. But that was our experience. That was erotic encounters with Mothman. Ashlyn, do you have any questions for us? I'm going to pour a drink while we, because I feel like I'm going to need it for what's about to come next. And I finished mine. (laughs) Here, here. How about we take this point? Five minute break. Sorry, I got to pee too. This is the Mothman song. Five minute break to piss Uh, out of our 10 inch, or sorry, 11 inch dicks. (laughs) You can put that on loop for the next five minutes if you want. Are you ready for questions? Yes. Yes, I'm so excited. Oh, God. Okay. My first question, and probably the most important question, would you fuck the Mothman? <laughs> I feel like we'd have to, right? Because he's going to use the calming aura. If it's this version of Mothman, yeah. Yeah. It's obligatory. <laughs> yeah, I will be coerced into fucking the Mothman. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that Meredith's relationship with Rima and or the Mothman lasts beyond this book? It kind of has to. Like, there's nothing, there's like no other way for it not to, you know? I have, I actually have thoughts on this. Go. So we didn't get any of the backstory about how Dreama and Mothman connected. No. We have no idea if that was coincidental, premeditated, what. Apparently she had come up to the mountain, I think, and then he, he like flew down and she was like, let's have sex. So it seems more coincidental than circumstance or being sought out directly. Yes. My thinking is that with him having such an infatuation with Meredith, where he like deliberately sought her out, I wonder if almost his bond with Meredith is slowly going to grow over time, where he's like suddenly picking favorites, even if he's not aware of it. And then Dreama gets like super jealous. Meredith maybe gets super possessive, and it becomes like a mm-hmm. like a war of like I was only in this because I loved Mothman, and he likes watching two women have sex. And they have like this like visceral fight that like leads to the death. And then Mothman feels really guilty, leaves them both and then secludes himself to a different part of the country where he becomes like a hermit and doesn't want to be seen by humans ever again. Hmm. Interesting. That is. That's a theory. It's a, it's a game theory. <laughs> <laughs> Call me Gwendolyn. You're rich. <laughs> we can strike a deal. How do you feel about the depiction of Dreama as hillbilly, especially with like the Appalachia, West Virginia stuff? Yeah, See, we're going into a, a deep question about an erotic book where someone fucks a cryptid. Um, I, I felt uncomfortable throughout all of it. Um. Dreama's characteristic is obviously very much written from someone who's not spent time up in West Virginia or met people from the area or people just from the Appalachians in general. It's very just like comical, like, oh, yeah, they're just hillbillies. They just hang out in the woods and do all that. Like, no, it's not the case. 
it just made me feel like I don't know. It, it it definitely felt like Gwendolyn was self-insert as Meredith and then was just coming up with a cartoonish version of what someone who lives in the Appalachians actually lives or like talks or speaks like and all that. And I'm just like that. I don't know. Like, hey, maybe they're not as maybe Dreama isn't as like, quote unquote, like smart in book ways, but she's very smart in living out in a somewhat difficult area. and. It's smart enough to go fuck the Mothman. <laughs> True. I will second that and also add that we touched on it earlier. Like when Meredith is so vehemently denying like, oh, like the idea of like, let's go out to the Seabor's butt and we can like get pictures for this newspaper publication, blah, blah, blah. The way that that exchange happened in her internal descriptors of Dreama's like speaking style and everything was mm-hmm. so infantilizing and like condescending yes. that I think yes. that was born of like whether, you know, it was conscious or subconscious or not. It's born of that typical stereotype of like, oh, if you have a Southern drawl, you are automatically going to be perceived as less intelligent than someone yeah. who doesn't. And as someone who was originated from the South, I can actually, mm-hmm. granted, it's different than Appalachian, you know, upbrings, everything, but I can speak to like internalized stigma about a Southern accent because growing mm-hmm. up, both my parents have a Southern accent, but I deliberately, even from a young age, was like, I cannot have this accent because as a child, I internalized just from the actions and media around me that this accent equates to lower intelligence and I don't want to be perceived as such. And now yeah. that I'm like an adult and I recognize that because people often, now that I no longer live in the South, they're like, oh, you're from, you know, insert state in the Southeast here. Why do you not have an accent? Like they're all very confused. And one person even told me, oh, like you don't have an accent. And I laughed off like, oh yeah, like somehow I didn't get it from my parents. They said, that's because you're educated. That's exactly oh. what someone said to me. Are you kidding um, me? Nope. I've had that a couple times up here, but that was the most like verbatim. That's awful. Yeah, it was a lot, but it's okay. I mean, part of my job, you smile, you move on. But uh, I mean, that that stuff is a little bit evident even in this book, but certainly, you know, Gwendolyn Rose mm-hmm. is not the only person guilty of it, but it definitely shined through in this book. What and I, I felt- lives in Florida. No, fuck. No, Florida's the north of the south. I don't. Florida is not southern unless you're in like... <laughs> Depends where Florida. you are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, depends where you are in Florida, but she's obviously not in the southern part of Florida. Yeah, but all it is to say, there's a lot of stigma stereotyping. You know, you could be smart and sound sound real cute in Southern too. It was also I didn't like just the blatant characterization. Like I know people go through trauma and have abusive fathers and stuff, but I've noticed that is a I guess theme would be the correct word i'm looking for but like it's a theme through a lot of books where southern women will talk about like their abusive fathers and stuff like that and i'm just like we didn't have to throw in that that uh characteristic you know exactly because there was no like use for it like not to say that every like trauma has to have a use but kind of when you're throwing it into a book i feel like it has to if you're going to be that explicit with it have it either play some sort of role in how that character navigates life, which I guess very vaguely it does for Dreama. Very vaguely for Dreama. It mostly is just talking about how she's traumatized because she had bad relationships with other people because of the trauma that she had from her father. Exactly. And when you're throwing that into a book that's or a novella that's literally about sex, like it's like a it's a sex book. 
I don't think that's necessary. I think you're absolutely right on that. Yeah. <laughs> Serious conversation for porn book. <laughs> I intentionally wrote some of these questions like I would write them for actual books that we review. So I appreciate it. So in the about the author, Gwendolyn Rose writes that this book is not just sex. Do you think that this book was more than just sex? <laughs> no, it is just sex. There's nothing of content in this. I mean, Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn, you're rich. You don't need to. <laughs> you're not reading. You're not writing for money. And I get that. Um, it's just sex. That's literally the only purpose of this book. I am literally digging in the crevices of my brain for this commentary. Like when I'm talking like a stretch, like a like a leap, this is what this leap is. So take it with a grain of salt. I'm trying to like envision like what she may have meant by saying that. The only thing I can come up with is almost like a Phantom of the Opera-esque like moral of the story where it's like he may look like a monster on the outside, but really he's the kindest being you'll ever meet. And that humanity is actually the monster. Like, is that what we're going for? And that's why he's sexy. Feminism. Go for not your average man. Go for a woman and a mothman. And a mothman. I don't know. I guess it's going against the status quo and fucking <laughs> cryptid. You know, good boys deserve pussy too. Yeah. What is it? Good guys finish last. Not in this good book. Good guys finish last. Not in this one. Well, Mothman did finish last, but that was on purpose because he was into it. <laughs> Would you Sorry, read another book by this author? Yes. Yes. <laughs> everything, everything we just said, everything, all the jokes, all the slander, immediate, immediate hesitation. <laughs> yes, yes, I would read it again. I know we're shitting on this book so bad, but I had so much fun reading I it. Loved it. <laughs> What would you rate this book out of five? Oh. Okay. Here. Lauren, you think, here's my rating scale, because I actually wrote it down already, because I already did my rating. So I changed up uh, my whole scaling recently, because I had to think about it. I don't know if I talked about it last episode or not. Um, But basically, I changed it to where, so it's one through five stars. One is a book in which... I absolutely hate it and I want to erase from my memory. Like, I do not want to read this book. I don't want to talk about this book again. A two is like, I did not have a fun time. Like, this was a bad book. There were moments in which brought me a sort of joy. Like, it was funny bad, you know? Three is like, this was fun. Will I read it again? No. Like, this is, like, for a book that I'm, like, the writing is good or (laughs) the writing is good, but, like, it's not really, like, a story that, like, stands out to me. And I won't, I wouldn't really recommend it. Four is a book that I would recommend to people. Will I read it again? It's a possibility. A five out of five is I will be reading this again. And I love this book and I will always recommend it. This book for me is a three. (laughs) Um, The writing, let me explain. The writing um so bad so awful characters flat erotica weird at times did i enjoy every single second i was reading it the smart part yes (laughs) and will i recommend this to anyone hell no (laughs) but that's just because um 
I don't talk about erotica books to other people in my life except for my friends here. Mm-hmm. You know, I really like your rating scale. And I think in terms of like standardizing this moving forward, I'd be down to go off of that. So from now on, unless things change, that'll be the raunchy power hour metrics. There we go. We can all write it down and we can post it on social media so everyone can follow if you would like. Or change oh, yeah. it up. Tell us tell us why you rate books a certain way. Oh yeah. For me, using the Sydney scale. <laughs> so we've all established at this point that I have zero shame, right? That's like like me. That's a known fact. Okay. Mm. I have no fear. My coworkers know about this podcast. Okay. I have zero. <laughs> Zero reservations about the impacts on my life. Live young, die hard, you know. (laughs) I do tell people about erotic novels, but not the ones that probably deserve recommendations, but the ones that are so bad that they're hilarious and like you're going to have a couple of cocktails and you're going to have a great night. Those are the ones that I I reserve to tell people. And I'll slide it to my friend to be like, I don't care what you're doing. You're reading this book this weekend. Like, have fun. Using your metric scale. I'm going to give it a four. (laughs) <laughs> because this is a book I can, ve- I don't know if I will, like I don't have any plans to, I can very easily see myself taking this to like a certain demographic of my friends who like maybe had a pass as fan fiction readers or writers and being like, we are going to have a story time where we sit by a campfire and one of us, so we're going to pass this book around and we're going to read it out to each other. Like that's, I, yep. I would, I, if, if given the opportunity, I would do that. And the reason being is I want to go back to that Goodreads, I think it was, review that you read where they mentioned how it reads like a badly written fan fiction. For me, yeah. as someone that has voraciously written and consumed fan fiction over all of my formative years, yes, absolutely, it read like a fan fiction. But to me, it had this like underpinning of classic fanfic where it's not too riddled with errors or like yeah. terrible writing structure to where I'm like, oh, this is just like shitty writing, blah, blah. But it's not like God's gift to green earth, you know what I mean? Where you're like, this should be a published masterpiece, right? It is slick in that sweet spot where you're like, I could sit down. I could read this. This could be in a fandom of interest of mine. And I would probably bookmark it because I will remember this. Characterization, pretty flat. The storytelling and how things and the plot kind of happen for coincidence, for coincidence sake. But is it fun while you read it? Yes. yes absolutely and i you know it gave me nostalgia in that way it was very fanficy, but in the ways that i enjoy so applause to you gwendolyn rose for making me enjoy a book i was not gonna lie fully dreading reading <laughs> um hey gwendolyn i know you're not doing this um for money because you're rich but we will be i will hopefully be consuming another one of your books in the future no for sure yeah, for sure. So here's where I would typically say goodnight to you all at the end of this episode. However, we have something exciting for everyone, and that is a little bonus episode where I get to quiz my two co-hosts on Mothman Mania and ask them who wants to be Mothman. So tune in for whenever that comes out and go follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Spotify, Apple Music, you know, all those places where you listen to podcasts. YouTube, apparently. YouTube, apparently. We found that out recently. Uh, Go listen to all of that. And you know what? Stay classy, you monster mashers.
Join us next week for our second uh, book in our fall series, our spoopy series. I don't know what this is called yet. Um, yeah. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Raunchy Power Hour. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at the RPH Podcast. Send us book recs to our email, raunchypowerhour at gmail.com or at the link in our bio on any of our socials. As always, stay raunchy. Stay raunchy.